Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 125. Before we get started, I will say apologies for not putting on a podcast last week. Let's just say a little case of the COVID came home, <laughs> came up to our house. Both my wife and I got it. We're doing fine. Everything's good, but such happens in this crazy COVID year here, 11 months in, we finally fell prey. But uh, glad to be back with you again now and talking this very fun time of season. Now that the Super Bowl's ended, it officially, officially feels like the off-season time, and it's time to start talking rookies, which is what we'll do on today's podcast, episode number 125. So I told you uh, two weeks ago when I did my rookie rankings for the first time that I do my rookie rankings each year, and I don't compare them to other uh, analysts yet. So each year my process is I kind of make my own rookie rankings, and then I avoid looking at other rookie rankings. Instead, I just watch the highlight videos of other uh, the, the incoming class. I examine their college production. I analyze their measurables. I kind of do my rankings. And then for the next week or two, uh, kind of one of my final pieces, I really consider the evaluation of scouts. So I read different articles, buy different books, or buy different uh, of the productions that come out from the different analysts about their uh, scouting portfolios of all the different incoming class. And then I make my rankings as best that I can before I finally compare them to others. When it finally does come to compare them to others, I first place I go is to Dynasty League Football. That's my go-to site for comparison of rankings. I really like to compare myself with their rankings. One, because they're some of the best. So props to all the DLF people. Don't claim to be better than you guys. They are some of the best. And I love going to them because they're the best. I also really like going to their site to compare with mine uh, because they have composite rankings, meaning that they have six DLF experts that rank the rookies. Then you can see their individual um, rankings as well as their composite rankings together. So I feel like I'm kind of getting six experts into one and then weighing in on what they think compared to what I thought after I've gone through my process. So this was the week. I finally looked at DLF's rookie rankings this week. And while I have a lot in common with them, as I'm sure a lot of analysts are going to have, especially among the top 20, we do have some pretty significant differences. And so in this podcast, what I want to do is write about five of the most significant differences, particularly five of the differences that I actually have players ranked higher than the folks the good folks, the professional folks over at DLF. So here's five players that I'm ranking higher than they have, and I'm going to try to give a little reasons for why. Hope you enjoy the podcast. First player is Tylen Wallace. Wallace is my 10th ranked rookie while he's DLF's 19th ranked rookie. So first round pick for me, second round pick for them. As for among wide receivers, Wallace is my fourth ranked wide receiver while he's DLF's 11th ranked rookie wide receiver. So I'm confident um, that I had Wallace higher. I was pretty sure about that, that I would have him higher than most Dynasty analysts, but I was really surprised once I looked at the rankings to see the significance of the gap that we had. Uh, Wallace's ranking among DLF experts goes from 14th to 31st, so clearly I have him far above any of their analysts because I have him 10th, where their highest ranker has him at 14th and their lowest, all the way down to 31st. So here's some of my reasons. First, let me just tell you that Wallace was a four-star recruit who had a breakout season his sophomore year with 86 receptions, 1,491 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Incredible sophomore year. 
In his junior season, he tore his ACL late in the season, or he definitely would have added to his 2019 stats. He would have outperformed his sophomore year, but he would have had a much better junior year. And then his 2020 year, his team really struggled at quarterback and overall offense, which made it really difficult for him to replicate his breakout sophomore season, let alone his junior season. So while his final two years look less productive, he still had a 32% dominator ranking for his career, which is third highest among this rookie class. And so Wallace is a big play receiver. He had averaged 16.75 yards per catch in his career. And while he's just under six feet tall, he looks and plays a lot taller. He routinely wins jump balls. He's a tremendous red zone target. He plays much bigger than his size and is just pure measurables. He wins on deep routes for sure, but he's also equally dangerous on screens and slant routes because he's a great runner after the catch with a lot of speed to burn. Burns everybody. So Wallace is definitely a more prototypical sized wide receiver, uh, which is why I have him ranked ahead of Jalen Waddell and Rondell Moore, who is just behind Wallace at 11s. Rondell Moore is just one spot behind. Waddell, I got way back to 14. And I believe those are the type of receivers that people are ranking, including the DLF guys, ahead of Tylen Wallace, in my opinion, where I have Wallace ranked higher. I really believe that Wallace is more versatile and than some of the wide receivers that DLF experts have ranked ahead of Wallace. I really compare Wallace to being kind of a Brandon Ayuk uh, from last year. And I think that he could have a breakout rookie year just like Ayuk did this last year. And that's why I have him number four, uh, much higher than uh, the DLF guys. Second player that I've ranked significantly higher than they do is Trey Sermon. Sermon is my 11th ranked rookie uh, while he's DLF's 18th ranked rookie. So seven, seven spot difference. Sermon is my fourth ranked rookie running back while he's DLF's fifth ranked uh, rookie running back. I thought that I'd actually be on a limb on him by ranking Sermon where I did, but uh, DLF really actually only had Kenny Gainwell ahead of Sermon as their running back ranking, so I thought that I would actually be kind of out on a limb here, but the fact is that they just had many receivers ranked ahead of Sermon in their rankings, which caused me to rank him ahead of them in the total rankings when you combine the receivers, well, really all the positions, but primarily wide receivers and running backs. As for Sermon, he was a four-star recruit who played at Oklahoma for three years before transferring to Ohio State his final season. Uh, He was in a committee backfield for his entire season and only led his team in rushes barely his sophomore year and barely his senior year, but not by much, just barely. And so this fact, I think, caused many dynasty analysts to downgrade his rookie ranking, Uh, but not for me. Uh, to begin with, this is not a very deep class at running backs. Someone who, so someone who gets ranked fourth behind Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams, kind of the consensus three top backs. It's going to be hard to decide between all the analysts who they're going to rank fourth. Uh, the rest of this running pla- running back class, with few exceptions, actually lacks the size to be an every down running back in the NFL. And so I think that's part of the factor for me too. Well, Sermon is six feet tall and two fifteen pounds. He's got the size. Uh, He does run a bit upright for my liking, but it doesn't seem to affect his power and his maneuverability. Uh, He's he's not the fastest running back, but he had plenty of long runs throughout his career and averaged 6.5 yards per carry. Love to see those guys have over 6 yards per carry to to suspect that they will do well in the NFL. I would compare his, uh, it's not going to bode well, but when I look at him, his com- comparison, he reminds me a lot of Kerryon Johnson, which was a player that I was very high on in the 2018 class. So that never panned out. So maybe I'm wrong here, but Sermon uh, could have uh, been just, you know, could have had just bad luck if he's drafted by a better organization compared to uh, Johnson, the way that he, you know, was drafted to Detroit, which is kind of a place to kill running backs. 
Sermon maybe won't have that bad of luck um, if he's drafted by a better organization and if he can stay healthy. He definitely doesn't have the load that a lot of the other running backs coming in. You could argue that for or against him, of course. Some of those arguments you can argue both ways, whichever way you want to slant it for your opinion. But that's true that he does have less touches. I just really like the way he runs and compared to the rest of the class, I have him ranked number four. Not much different from DLF because they have him as the five-ranked running back. But they have a lot of receivers between uh, him and their between their fourth and fifth or third and fifth uh, running back. Where I have a little tighter gap between my uh, third, fourth and or third and fourth uh, ranked running back. Trey Sermon's a lot more uh, high ranked for me. Third is another running back, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Hubbard is my 14th ranked rookie running back. While DLF has him as a 23rd ranked rookie, Hubbard's my fifth ranked running back. So right after Sermon. And he's DLF's seventh-ranked running back, so a little bit of a gap there. My fifth, their seventh running back overall. I thought that I'd actually be a lot lower on Hubbard on this one. That's what that's what uh, surprised me. I thought that I would be actually a lot lower, but I will guess I wasn't low enough. Um, I was surprised to see that Hubbard was ranked nine spots higher in DLF in my rankings because I didn't think uh, I thought people would be ranking Hubbard ahead of me. Hubbard is a rare three uh, three-star recruit from Canada, <laughs> where he also was an Olympic-level sprinter. He played well in his redshirt freshman season, having 124 carries and 740 yards, which actually was 10.4 yards per carry. Incredible for a redshirt freshman. Then in his sophomore year was his crazy breakout year. He exploded on the scene, gaining 2,392 yards and 21 touchdowns. And most draft experts expected Hubbard to enter the NFL draft last year, a class that was filled with star running backs, but instead he returned for another season. And unfortunately, Oklahoma State's offense struggled last year, like I already said, with Tylen Wallace. And Hubbard had his worst statistical year of his college career. But I'm giving him a pass on this final season. Instead, I'm looking instead at his production in his sophomore season and saying you just can't get behind or can't let that, you can't overlook a 23-92 total yards in a season his sophomore year. While he has had a better single season than any of the running backs that I have ranked ahead of him, he does, he definitely does. I still do have some questions about his running style and his fit on an NFL offense. I think that's going to be key for him. I think he's going to move down my rankings if he doesn't fit the right type of offense. Um, I believe that he could thrive in a zone running scheme where he's really just asked to kind of make one cut and go. I think that's what he does best. Uh, I think NFL teams will see this too, though, and hopefully only a team that's willing to use his speed and, and put him in his own offense will really uh, be the ones that drafted him. If so, he's going to remain a high draft pick. If not, I'll definitely move him down on my ranks. His running style compares to me to Arian Foster, who's extremely successful in the Houston zone running scheme. I think Hubbard... Yes, uh, will rise or fall based on which team drafts him, uh, like I already said there. Next player that I would mention is Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson is my 18th ranked rookie, while DLF has him 28th ranked rookie. So I've got him in midway in the second round. They've got him into the back, uh, early part of the third round. Jefferson's my sixth ranked running back, while he's DLF's eighth ranked running back. So not a big gap there as far as running backs, but obviously I have him uh, moved up ahead of some of the receivers that they have in his place. I suspect that there's going to be a lot of variance with how Dynasty analysts rank Jefferson. Uh, the DLF expert rank him as high as 18th, so exactly where I have him ranked, and then their lowest expert has him ranked 39. So pretty big difference there, 21 spots between their highest ranked uh, ranker and their lowest ranker of Jefferson. The, their highest ranker has him 18th, just like I do. 
Jefferson was a three-year, three-star recruit who was started right away for Oregon State in his freshman year. In fact, due to injuries, his freshman year was his best year of his career, though his yards per carry were higher in his uh, shortened final season that he just finished. His prototypical size, uh, 5'10", 217, and a freshman breakout year with 1,527 yards and 12 touchdowns, those are enough to keep him among my top five backs just because he had that solid of a size and that solid of a uh, freshman year. Uh, DLF has smaller players like Kenny Galladay, or Kenny, I'm sorry, Kenny Gainwell and Michael Carter ranked ahead of Jefferson. And while I do like Gainwell and Carter, and I also love JV and Hawkins in that same tier, they're in my next tier of running backs because I believe that they're smaller and they're going to have really specific roles with their NFL teams, whereas Jefferson really could be an every down back. He's a really strong between the tackles runner with great elusiveness and breakaway speed. His running style actually reminds me of J.K. Dobbins from last year's class. I do carry a little bit of concern because he played in the Pac-12, which of course is not known for their excellent defensive play, but his tape is just very, very impressive. Uh, He's a player I hope that I have ranked higher than many other dynasty analysts so that when it comes draft time, people aren't looking at my rankings that I'm drafting with, but they're looking at other people's rankings so I can take a stab at Jamar Jefferson. I would love to grab him in the middle of the second round. And finally, uh, for the top five players that we have differences in the top 20 is Trey Lance. Uh, Lance is my 19th ranked rookie while he's DLS 26th ranked rookie. So 19th versus 26th. Lance is my third ranked quarterback while he's DLS fourth ranked quarterback. I expect a uh, dynasty analyst to rank Trevor Lawrence number one, Justin Fields number two. I think that's going to be pretty normal. And then I expect there to be a variety of opinions between Trey Lance and Zach Wilson for number three or number four in the quarterback rankings. And I just prefer Lance. I have him ranked at three spots ahead of Wilson, while DLF guys, the DLF pros, have Wilson ranked two spots ahead of Lance. So we're both pretty close, but I favor Lance. The difference is when I, was, uh, I would have reached for Lance seven spots higher than the DLF guys would. Here's some reasons why. Uh, just a little background first. Trey Lance was a three-star athlete recruited to Notre, uh, North Dakota State to play quarterback. He only had one full year of game tape to scout but it was an incredible year. 66.9 completion rate, 2,786 yards passing, 28 yard or 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 1,100 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns. Incredible. So he's got 42 total touchdowns, 1,100 yards rushing, nearly 2,800 yards passing, and zero interceptions. Man, this guy's an incredible athlete, six foot three, 224 pounds, a load to bring down <laughs> when he's running. Um, and he's not just a runner, though. He set the NCAA record with 287 passes without an inter- interception. And NFL scouts and dynasty managers alike, they're going to have to decide what they think about Lance. But I think that he will be a top NFL quarterback within a few years. I think he's going to get drafted in the first 10 picks. And I presume a team will aim to have him watch for a year and then learn, you know, for a year. However, if the quarterback in front of him gets injured or something could happen, he really could have a Justin Herbert-like season. Uh, Cam Newton is the easiest player to, to compare, you know, to uh, to do a comp for him based on his size and his running ability. But he's a much better passer, especially on the long ball. Like uh, most athletic quarterbacks, I think he's going to need to learn how to stay in the pocket, how to really go through his progressions and his reads, and then to protect himself when he runs in the NFL especially. But that said... Uh, the NFL is turning to more of an athletic quarterback, and, and dynasty teams are benefiting from all the extra points that they get gained on the ground. And so I think that he'll have a chance to start in the NFL and become a starter on our dynasty teams as well. As for Zach Wilson, who most people are going to compare those two as quarterback number three or four, um, he may have started for three years compared to uh, Lance's one, but he's only had one really incredible season. That was last year. 
And just like Lance had one incredible season, Wilson has much more experience, and I think he does have a safer floor, but Lance has far, far more upside, which is why I would draft him uh, significantly ahead of Wilson and significantly ahead of where the DLF guys have him ranked in their rankings. We're going to do the same thing, run it back next week, but we'll do the opposite. We're going to talk about five players that I actually have ranked lower than the pros at DLF. Not at all trying to compare myself to them or criticizing them. I just like to look at them as a critique because they're the experts. I'm the new guy on the block and have my own opinions because I do want to become the most, uh, your most trusted and independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Thanks so much for listening. It's a wrap for this week, Freaky Friends. Uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime. We'd love to help you in your rookie drafts if you happen to have any before uh, before the NFL draft. It's like 74 days away, I believe, so time is coming up quick. Do your research, and I'm glad that I can give you mine and love to di- talk with you about it. DynastyFreaks at gmail.com, DynastyFreaks with two E's. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Thanks for putting with me, putting up with me right now as I'm still wrapping up my COVID recovery. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.